Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Visions for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, March the 11th. We are reading from the big book on page 96, the second paragraph. Suppose now you are making your second visit. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Blue B, 12 Traditions, Esther F, and readers of the text, Barbara E, Leon B, and Tina S. The reference numbers for Tuesday, March the 10th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 14235, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 14236. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lou B to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Lou. Thank you. Uh, this is Lou B. from Texas. I'm a, compulsive, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it 11 sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with god as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out and 12 having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all in all our affairs thank you and i'll pass Thank you, Lou B. And Esther F. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Esther. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, this is Esther F., a compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. 
the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service in my past. Thank you, Esther S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 96, the second paragraph. Suppose now you are making your second visit. And Barbara E., could you read for us, please? It would be my honor. Uh, Happy Wednesday, everyone. Suppose now you're making your second visit to a man. He's read this volume, and he says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps for the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you're available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story, but do not insist upon it if he prefers to go consult someone else. I love that this chapter devotes so many clear steps, guidance on how to approach and work with a newcomer. There are, I think, 51 ifs in in this chapter. 
if he's not ready, if you leave such a person alone, if he he continued to work on this, if he wishes to make a decision, if he prefers to consult someone else, so much time uh, is devoted to it. I know that I always tell someone, I may not be the right person for you. Find your right person. Find your Goldilocks person. You can read the book all by yourself. I know others have done it, but quite honestly, for me, I needed a guide. I needed someone holding the flashlight so that I wouldn't sink into the quicksand in the Okefenokee swamp. But I had to know for myself that yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. And my ego said I could. Today I'm wiser, so I know I can only change myself. And what I'm trying to say is, I can hold no grudge, no malice, no resentment, no hurt if they choose someone else. Because that is their choice. And it has to be a perfect combination. I know for, the, for me, the only way that I can live is if I grow. And the only way that I can grow is if I change. And the only way that I can change is if I learn. And the only way that I can learn is if I'm exposed to this book and the steps and the principles. And the only way that I can become exposed is to throw myself out into the open, humbly raise the white flag of surrender and do it. Trust the process. And for those of you who've gone away and then come back, we come back so that we can see the place we came from with new eyes and extra colors and the people there see us differently too. Coming back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. This is a beautiful program and our purpose here is to carry the message. The big book states, Remember that we deal with, in this case, food, cunning, baffling, and powerful. It also states our, that our compulsive eating addiction or bulimia or whatever food disorder we have was but a symptom, and our basic problem was our thinking. I know when I am in my own head, I'm behind enemy lines. So I have to conclude from the examples that my thinking is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And without help from a guide and you all, it's too much for us. The principles of the program. Time, please. Thank you. That triangle in the front of the book, unity, service, and I forgot the other one. Ah recovery, of course. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Teresa C. Nessa R. Teresa P. as in Paul. I got you, Teresa. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you. Maya Kay. Okay, so far I have Teresa P as in Peter, Nessa R, Teresa C as in Kat, Maya K. Is there anyone I missed? Maya All right, let's M. go with. Sorry, who was that? Nula M. Nula M. Perfect. Yes, let's go with that lineup. Teresa P., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Please go ahead, Teresa. Hi, I am Teresa P., a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm so grateful that, you know, I, I came in just a couple of minutes late, but it stood out for me this do not insist. And that is my theme song. Is I, what I need to remember is do not insist because, you know, my, my go-to position is I've got a message. Let me help you, please. You know, this works. You know, it saved me from, from death, and I want to share it with you. And what I get to do is, is listen to the big book, which is my guide, and remember that. Each person has – God – takes care of each person, and I'm not God. So what I get to do is share my experience, strength, and hope, and share my experience, strength, and hope in recovery, and honor that person's road, whatever that is they need to take. I do not know what is best for anyone else. I do not know what's best for me. I get to show up every day and, you know, get on my knees and go, thy will be done. And then, you know, it gets revealed. And I start out with a plan for the day. And, you know, and, you know, and then God shows me what's really going to happen. And what I get to do is accept what's happening. Because the first thing I want to go say is, well, God, I don't want that. You know, let's make it like this. But I don't know what needs to be done. And that is why God blessed uh, me and all of us with the big book. He gave us the plan. And, you know, it says the important things over and over and over because I need to hear them over and over. And I am so grateful that, you know, we study this book, you know, paragraph by paragraph, line by line. Over and over, you know, everybody's sharing on one thing. Why? Because I need to hear it. I keep coming back because I need to hear it. And I have a disease that is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And it lies to me all the time. And my, you know, relief and recovery from this disease is is God. And the way I get to God is through the program of Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 Steps. And and I get to do that one day at a time and sometimes just one moment at a time, and that's what I get to share. The program of recovery as outlined in the big book of, of alcohol and, and Alcoholics Anonymous. And to do this one day at a time, sometimes even just one moment at a time. 
Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Teresa P. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Teresa C. Please go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And uh, this paragraph reminds me that this program is all about humility on so many levels. Not only humility in, you know, going through the steps, outlining um, what I have done, um, admitting my defects of character, making amends, but even in sponsoring, I need humility also on so many levels. You know, number one, um, you know, I need to know that I sponsor in order to carry the message to help people recover and achieve what I have achieved. You know, um, sponsees are not medals that we collect in competitions. It doesn't matter how many sponsees I have, whether I have more sponsees than you have. Uh, what matters is that I sponsor as many sponsor, as many people as I can um, manage in terms of my schedule, whether that's one or two or ten, and that you also, as a recovered person, sponsor as many uh, people as your schedule allows, again, whether that's one or two or ten. Um, it also reminds me that it's humility in determining that it doesn't matter you know, who's a better sponsor than another sponsor. Um, it matters what we transmit to the sponsee because a sponsee's recovery is their uh, responsibility and not the sponsor's. Um, you know, a person can have the best quote-unquote sponsor and not recover, and a person can have the quote-unquote worst sponsor and recover. It's all um, about the sponsee. And um, it also reminds me that it's humility in knowing that I don't know it all, that I don't have all the answers, that I have to say I don't know, that I'll check it up with my sponsor or with other people and get back to you because just the fact that I'm recovered doesn't turn me into, um, you know, the wisest person in the world or the most experienced person in the world. Um, it's also humility in knowing that I cannot solve the problems in your life, you know, I'm not a financial manager, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a counselor, I'm not a therapist, um, you know, I'm not a lawyer. Um, all I can do is bring you back to the steps, uh, make sure the side of the street is clear so that then uh, when we move on from step 10 into step 11 and ask God for clear direction, that there's no blockages interrupting um, that, that connection. And that's all I, I can do. Um, and this is uh, this is all I have to share. It's humility, all this, all you know, every step of the way. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Teresa C. It's your turn, followed by Maya K. Please go ahead, Teresa. Hi, this is Teresa C. from Western Mass. I find this section of the book very timely for me, as this is my first time sponsoring. After working together for a couple of weeks, I'm now in a situation where my sponsee was back in the food over the weekend. I'm feeling a lot of emotions about it because I want to help her and I want to quote unquote fix the problem. But I have to keep reminding myself that I am not in control and that I am not God, that everyone has their own journey and has to live their own path. I will continue to follow the directions in the book. And I now recognize that just because I start the journey with someone, it doesn't mean we will finish it. Or it could even be that after an initial consulta consultation that they decide, as it says here, 
that they will want to consult with someone else and not work with me. But no matter how it works out, I will continue to make myself available to work with others and share my experience. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Teresa C. Maya K., it's your turn, followed by Nula M. Please go ahead, Maya. Um, hi, um, this is Maya Kay, um, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York. Um, it, this is a really good paragraph to read because um, I've always been, um, you know, I've always felt like a failure as a sponsor. I don't know. Um, I've, I feel like I've tried to help people and um, like I just, I don't know. I've, I've uh, I don't know, I just felt like I couldn't get them on track or something, but I don't know if like the message is to not take it personally and it just keeps me going. And uh, God knows I've, I've wavered from my sponsor over 30 years and I feel like she's top of the line. You know, I've, I've tried other sponsors and she's just amazing. So, um, and I'm grateful that I went back to her and, um, you know, it, it just, makes me see that, you know, sponsoring is, is really for us, you know, in our, our, um, our abstinence, our sobriety, you know, really, it helps us to keep going. Um, so I, tr- I try to be a service in any way I can, whether it's, um, you know, sponsoring or just giving service in any way I can, whether it's phone calls or praying for people or whatever, I just keep going in that way and, and helping send the message out there um, because sometimes I get, you know, I take it personally and I shy back, shy away from it. But I, I, you know, I feel like I want to put myself out there more. Um, but I, I am a perfectionist. Like, am I doing this right? Am I, do, you know, going through the steps right? But, you know, I do feel like um, I, I want, I definitely want to give service more and more. Um, and I, and I see just from the reading that it just says, basically, like, don't take it personally because it's not about you. It's about, you know, um, it is being, it is a no strings attached program. You know, you give, um, without strings, you, um, and you get recovery from it and what a blessing that is, you know? What an amazing blessing. I mean, how much more can you get? You can't buy recovery. It's um, an amazing thing. I I realized that a long time ago, you know, when I had the choice. I said, God, you know, if I could have a million dollars or abstinence, I I knew I wanted abstinence because you can't buy it. And um, this is more precious than anything. So I'm very grateful for my recovery today. I'm grateful for my abstinence. I'm grateful for this program. And, um, and it's just, it's a miracle program. And, um, and I'm grateful to give service in any way I can. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Maya K. Nula M., please go ahead. Hi, I'm Nula M. I'm a compulsive reader in Ireland. Um, I have been a sponsor and I'm currently doing the Vision for You steps. So I'm a sponsee at the minute. And... One of the things that jumped out to me there is that having had the experience yourself, you can give them much practical advice. And really, I could think it's it's like we say, you know, what it was like for us 
and you know I had resistance about doing some of the requirements and I shared that with my sponsor I mean that is my job is to be honest and then she shared her experience of feeling exactly the same way and one of the things I found in this program is that it's as I take the action that I get the good feeling I won't my mind won't tell me it's a good idea but as I take the action I feel good and then the willingness comes to do more and more of what's required um, and that's my experience um, and I think it's you know had my sponsor said well you have to do this then you know it wouldn't have <laughs> I probably would have just fed the illness in us you know whereas when she's saying I was like that I felt like this this is what I got from it and one of the things I knew going into it was I want what you have so I need to do what you did and um so that's it I just the practical advice our own experience and I loved um and I think someone mentioned it earlier that the do not insist because I think sometimes you know you want someone to get well and you want it so much for them but it's really not up to me that they get well my job is just to carry a message and at the moment as I say I'm in sponsor being sponsored so that my sponsor is carrying the message to me and I am taking the action and getting the willingness from as I say the good feelings that come as I take those actions um, and that's all we can really do is just let someone know how good it is to be in recovery and um, that's all that's all. with that I'll pass thank you Thank you, Nula M. For those of us who might have joined us a little bit later, we are on page 96, the second paragraph. Suppose now you are making your second visit. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? This is Jen A. Julie E.B. Larry K. Okay, I have Jen A., Julie E.B., Larry K., Lisa with an E.B. Is there anyone else? Sam S. Sam S. Okay, let's go with that lineup. Jen A, followed by Julie E.B. Please go ahead, Jen. Good morning, and thanks for moderating the meeting this morning. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. Um, in this paragraph, I think it's interesting. He has read the volume and says he's prepared to go through it with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't had any experience where I've handed someone the big book and they've read the volume. <laughs> um, that hasn't been my experience today, um, but I think Bill would be, um, you know, he, he's probably pretty awestricken um, if he can see what's going on down here with um, Alcoholics Anonymous because the deal is, is that, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. There's hundreds and hundreds of, uh, you know, ways for us to hear this message. Um, there's one solution, but many voices. And I just think that's a great opportunity that we have here 
on the lines and with these phone meetings. Um, we, have, we have so much more than they ever had. Um, and, and I know for myself is, you know, when I'm talking to people on the phone, because I'm not doing very many visits, to be honest with everybody. I'm talking to people on the phone a lot. Um, but, you know, after I've talked to somebody, I'm like, hey, how about, you know, they're questioning this or that. Am I a compulsive overeater? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know, but listen to this podcast. And then afterwards, there's this hour-long Q&A session and see if somebody answer, you know, has your question and maybe it gets answered. And what an awesome opportunity that we've been given today um, and how expansive um, recovery is um, for us just besides just um, this volume, right? And um, I, I just, I'm so thankful for it because there's no way that sometimes I personally um, can describe all these little things about foods and um, are you truly a compulsive overeater and, you know, dwindling down the doctor's opinion like some people have, you know, this ability to do. I'm so glad that I get to be with a tribe of people that can do that so beautifully and that I have, um, you know, these, this, this, avail this, uh, this type of thing available to me. Um, but, you know, working with others, this is a great opportunity for me to grow spiritually. Um, you know, I do get to share the 12 steps and what it's done for me. And then I get to pass, it, pass them on or um, pass them on to a podcast. And I just think that's so cool. So, um, you know, I, I like at the end how it says, um, but do not insist upon it. He prefers to consult someone else. Um, you know, that's leaving the results up to God. Because so many times I want the results. I want to know that if you go and listen to this podcast, you're going to put down the food. And if you listen to the doctor's opinion, you're going to understand the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind. Guess what? That wasn't my experience. I don't know if it's going to be someone else's or not. So I'll just leave that up to God, and I'm just going to keep coming back and um, just guiding people and directing people with my experience, strength, and hope. Thanks, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Julie E.B., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Please go ahead, Julie. Hi, this is Julie E.B., uh, Colorado, uh, representing this morning and grateful uh, for all the work that those folks have done in Colorado, um, not just, I mean, just, uh, just sharing that OA message with depth and weight uh, throughout the state. And just really grateful for that today um, and leadership and conventions and all sorts of things. So I'm really um, pleased about that. Um, and, and it kind of leads to my, what I was listening in, in this uh, reading about. Um, maybe I'm making my second visit. Maybe I'm working with someone and uh, he is prepared. He's, he says he's prepared. Um, and, and I'm blessed that having had this experience of entire abstinence and what it's like to have a psychic change, what it's like to have a God who loves me, um, good and bad, um, a higher power who can use me, um, I can give practical advice. I'm available, um, but do not insist upon it. And uh, it's interesting because in this section of conferences, I found that some of my sponsees will go to a conference and they'll come back and I remember initially thinking, well, they'll come back and they'll hear a different technique, a different way of working the steps. And then they'll be like, um, oh yeah, I found out this way is better. And I had this uh, happen to me just recently. 
um, I got to go faster, I got to go slower, I got to go deeper, I got to go uh, through a workbook, whatever it is. And uh, and I would think, well, what are these speakers doing? But this paragraph, uh, this is earlier on. Now I see, like, right here, this person is like, I want to do this. I'm willing. And then they get in a situation and they're like, oh, yeah, maybe I prefer someone else. Sponsor shopping for me um, was when I was still looking for something else with a sponsor. I thought if I got the perfect food plan, I thought if I got the perfect abstinence before I start, if I thought I had the perfect attitude. And so if I'm in that state and I'm still in self-will and I'm heading for a conference, a big group, and, and uh, I hear something and I think, oh yeah, I got to do it this way. I get into fear. I got to do it this way um, or I'm not going to get this. This is something I have to get. Today, living recovered, what I find out is that God uses all the people in my life. He uses the people at the conference uh, to show me different things. But he also, uh, as the big book says, the, my higher power, the power of this program is one, uh, one person working with another person. So I, I really encourage folks to find a person. Maybe they're not perfect. Maybe they're not doing exactly uh, whatever. Um, Maybe always, uh, you know, some kinds of self-will arises with schedule or with different pieces. But but hang in there and think to yourself: um, Does this person have some practical advice for me? Um, and hang in there um, and uh, Time, keep please. shifting in self-will. And uh, that's that's practical advice that I learned. Thanks for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Julie E.B. Larry Kay, it's your turn, followed by Lisa B. Please go ahead, Larry. Hey, Lynn, thanks so much for your service. Uh, Larry Kay recovered. I'm going to focus in having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. You know, my very best um, professors, when I think back so many decades ago now um, in college, had direct experience with the subject matter. I remember this, um, I had a journalism professor, um, there was something unique about this guy. He, he was also, he, he was just doing this as an adjunct, which means essentially part-time, right? But he was an investigative reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And so even though it was an introduction to journalism class, he, he was working on a major case in the Chicago area at that time. Um, some of you may have heard of it. It's um, it was it was referred at that time as the Tylenol scare. They learned that someone was lacing Tylenol with deadly poison. And uh, this guy, every day he would come to class, and, and we'd learn the X's and O's of journalism, reporting and writing and so forth. But he had these stories based on practical experience in the field. And I, I don't know about anybody else in class, but I was just enthralled with this guy just hearing this you know, relatively young guy talk about his experience with that, and 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 I was able to, you know, we were able to read his articles, and 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 of course we learned the basics. There was some so too with sponsorship, right? There's something unique about someone with practical experience that lights us up, right? We get lit up with their practical experience, and yes, there may be some advice um, as we as we uh, try to navigate these steps. 
So I'm always reminded that practical experience is so important. You know, um, it's, it's not that my other professors that didn't have that weren't good. They, they offered things too. You know, they, they, they offered uh, pr practical experience and, and so forth, but there was something unique about this guy that was in the field and he was, his hands were getting dirty, you know, and, and, and he, and he was, he was moving around within that field too. Right. And, um, so for me, that I, that's, that's not me coughing, but, um, but, but for me, that's so important. I think, you know, that's so important, I think, for us to know is that can we offer anyone at all that's navigated through these steps can offer that practical experience. And that's the thing. That's the love and the kindness, the compassion and the truth that brings us along. And we have a sense of hope. It gives us a sense of hope. So grateful for this uh, paragraph. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Larry K. Lisa B., it's your turn, followed by Sam S. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and sometimes my headset is a little funny, but can you hear me okay, Lynn? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, I wanted to share my experience with the word experience. Uh, experience means having knowledge, practical contact, and when I started being exposed to recovered compulsive overeaters, uh, people that were sane and sober and free. That, that was like a new experience. It was like seeing aliens from another planet because I just didn't believe it was possible. And once I could get over that shock of what I was hearing on this line, that people had long-term recovery, and then it wasn't about the goal of abstinence, you know, it was the goal of being free and um, not worrying about my thoughts like, my thoughts, I have to be afraid of my thoughts, you know, today I'm recovered, and it is okay, you know, to be in my mind and in my body, because I'm connected with this source of my higher power, and, um, you know, I love the word experience, because when I met with my person that was to become my guide, she didn't share her opinions, it wasn't about her opinions, and it wasn't even really about her knowledge, but it was her experience, and that's what spoke to me, and I love the word practical, that means of or concerned with actual doing, the use of something rather than theory. And, you know, oh, please don't, don't go on with theory with me. I, I can't handle it. But if you, if you share with me what, what actually you did, you know, and um, when I met my, my person, I was so afraid of someone throwing a net over me and keeping me bonded, <laughs> you know. I was so afraid of someone trying to control, ultimately being critical, judgmental of me. And um, I needed to kind of have a safe distance from her. And we didn't start working together right away. Um, I introduced myself as a newcomer in the month of October of 2015. And I met her right after that time. But I didn't start working with her until January of 2016. And in that time period, she would give me recommendations of podcasts to listen to and she would let that do the work you know and then I would text her and say can I share with you what I got out of that podcast and then you know one day she said to me well you're so willing and I said I am very willing and she said well I may have a spot becoming available would you like to take it and at that point you know I felt like I was the one that could be in control and say yes you know, I needed to have that safe distance. And today when I call newcomers, I don't call them with the goal of getting them as a sponsee. I call them 
to introduce myself, to share my experience, what happened to me, and to maybe be a contact, a friend to them. And if it works out as a sponsor relationship, you know, that's great. But um, I just wanted to share that. I, I'm so grateful for this whole process. And to be free and recovered, I passed. Thank you, Lisa B. And Sam F., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. This is Sam S., recovering compulsive over here in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, you know, I, reading this paragraph, I think back to the um, first sponsor I had that brought me through the steps. And I was at an in-person meeting, and I remember how desperate I was. And I still thought that there was some trick or some magic pill, something that people talked about, you know, behind the scenes to um, to get this. <laughs> and I just remember um, I saw her name and, and availability on our little We Care notebook, and I just texted her because I was so desperate, and she was the only one that was available. And I said, how do you do this? How do you stay sober? And she said, you know, I work the 12 steps and 12 traditions. And I thought, okay, like not the answer I wanted, but okay. And so she agreed to meet with me. And we didn't launch. Like I'm a launcher, so my thing is, okay, you tell me exactly what to do. Let's do it. But we met, um, you know, the following weekend, and she just told me, this is how I work the steps. This is how I work you know, the program, I can only sponsor the way that my sponsor led me. And she gave me time to think about it because it's a big commitment and it's a lot of trust to meet a stranger and to open up yourself. And I so appreciate that time that she gave me. And yesterday somebody said something so um, just beautiful and it was someone else's conscience has more value than my opinion. And really I think making the decision here, like not even launching into it, but making that decision is really following your heart and your conscience that, you know, what I'm doing really doesn't work. And I'm, I'm open and desperate and in pain and willing enough to try something else. So I really like that. And, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm available and open to sponsor, I'm going to just really take this advice to heart and, and not launch right into trying to, uh, you know, promote rather than attract, but just share. This is this is how I do it, and you know, take the time and and check into your conscience and pray, and you tell me if it seems right to you. And if not, no worries. You know, my message might not help somebody, but maybe it would help somebody else. Just different strokes for different folks. So I'm just really glad. I'm glad that we're in working with others. Um, I'm finishing up my ninth step, so. I'll be sponsoring soon, and um, thank God for this chapter, and thank God for this whole book to tell me how to live, and it's not my own way. So thank God. Um, nobody has to um, be in the Sam show anymore. <laughs> Thanks. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sam S. We are on page 96, the second paragraph. Suppose now you are making your second visit. And again, encouraging those who haven't shared in the last few days or so to come forward. Please say your name just once. It does help me hear you. Who'd like to share? Kim A. Irene B. Jason K. Okay, I've heard Irene B. Kim A. 
Jason K. Anyone else? Melissa P. Okay, I've got room for a couple of more. Andrea B. Okay, the lineup I have is Irene B, Kim A, Jason K, Melissa P, and Andrea B. Irene, would you like to start us off, please? Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. I'm Irene B. A very gratefully re- recovering limit from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. When I first read this paragraph, I thought there wasn't much I could say about it, but this is really, really loaded. Uh, it talks about practical advice, and what jumped at me first is to not insist. Oh my gosh, last night I ran into my sister. And there I go again, trying to run the show, insisting that she do something that I thought she should do. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I did that. I have got to stop out of there. I I, got to stop doing that. I cannot insist. And if I insist in small things, I'm sure I insist on big things. So I love the instruction that we get here. But what I like in here... uh, something about experience and that what what comes to mind with that is that um i got abstinent after uh, without the help of anything other than god in circumstances that's how it happened for me but i i was uh fortunate to have had the benefit of uh, four inpatient eating disorders program, four outpatient eating disorder program, about 34-odd therapists. But of all those therapists, the very first treatment center was run by a lady who was a bulimorexic. You saw she identified herself, bulimorexic, and alcoholic and chemically dependent person. And um, something that really strikes me that she shared with us that I feel compelled to share right now is that she ate peanut butter for the first two years of her recovery with regard to the eating disorder because that's all she could handle. And that knowledge was helpful to me because at the beginning, I ate the same thing over and over again because I knew that if I went outside of that, I was going to binge a perch. And, um, but that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I wanted to talk about. What I want to talk about is the fact that that woman who was bulimorexic, alcoholic, and chemically dependent, she understood me. And I couldn't fool her. She saw right through me. And, and she knew what it was like to be me. And, of all the places that I went to, the reason I'm recovered is probably because of that first eating disorders treatment program. Because she had time, please. And we have the experience, and we're uniquely qualified for that reason. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Irene D. 
Kim A., it's your turn, followed by Jason K. Please go ahead, Kim. Thanks. Hi, this is Kim A., and we we find it very exciting when we find the solution. Um, but ours is a program of attraction rather than promotion. And I know that there are certainly times that I've wanted to be a little overzealous because I really want to share my recovery with other people, um, especially having come from mainstream OA where people generally don't work the steps much and they certainly don't talk much about the big book. I relapsed chronically for 18 years, and when I found myself into a big book-based OA group and got recovered, oh, my God, do I want to share this with people. But, you know, the thing is, I'm not here to recruit people. I am here to just tell my story and share what worked for me. And, you know, sometimes we want someone to recover more than they want to recover or they're not ready for it. And I just had to let go of a sponsee who was doing this kind of half-assed. And, you know, it took me a while to realize that he wasn't, he wasn't ready. And he totally agreed when I, you know, said to him, like, you're wasting my time and you're wasting your time. I want to help you, but if you're not willing to take the actions that I'm telling you to take, which are the same actions that my sponsor told me to take, then I need to go help somebody who's ready, and you can always come back to me. Um, I do not personally agree that, you know, I hear the word friend a lot. I don't feel like my sponsor is my friend. And when I'm somebody's sponsor, I'm not there to be their friend. I'm there to be their guide. And I'm not their boss, but, you know, I'm somebody who... It's a different kind of a relationship, you know, and for us, sometimes it's difficult to follow directions, but, you know, that's what this book is all about, giving us directions for how the first 100 people recovered. This whole book is all about practical advice. It's not ideas. It's not sauce. It's not, you know, maybe this is going to work or, you know, go figure it out. Nowhere in this book does it say go figure it out. It says what we have to do. So if we want to recover like the first 100 did, then we have to do it. And if we want to be effective sponsors, then we have to impart that same information to our sponsees and expect that they're going to do it. And you know what? Different sponsoring methods work for different people. Different personalities work for different people. So if what I'm doing or my personality, thanks, I'll wrap up. If that doesn't work for somebody, then please, by all means, go find, you know, somebody else who melts better with what you're looking for, and then I'll go help somebody else as well. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Kim A. Jason K., it's your turn, followed by Melissa P. Please go ahead, Jason. Good morning. This is Jason K., recovered uh, compulsive eater and bulimic outside of Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, this chapter and, and these paragraphs are speaking to me of, of how we grow in understanding and effectiveness. And looking at the history and looking at Bill and um, Dr. Bob and Ebby Thatcher, you know, they had this obsessive preoccupation with 
finding people and, and carrying the message because that's part of where they were in the fellowship. And it's funny to me as Bill talks about, you know, um, this program, this program and how to approach people and being very tactful and speaking of the uh, problem first, I was just reading how Ebby came to Bill and one of the first things he said was, I got religion. Um, so he didn't exactly, they didn't exactly have this methodology worked out. Um, but for me, it's all about how to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So what are these conditions that allow us to share this, uh, to share this, um, to share this message? You know, we offer this. We don't insist upon the person working with us. We give them time to make a decision. Um, we don't pressure them. We try to see them. We try to speak out of our own experience. And here it says if they, if they think they want to work with uh, somebody else that they would be a better fit, a better sponsor for them. The big book is telling us to let them go, go in peace. But it also says if they're ready to make a decision and tell their story, um, we're available to them. So again, we can be available to those people. And it's, it's what are we available for? At working the step. I try to be very, very clear that my job and my role um, uh, to be with a friendly attitude to offer fellowship, but is to um, allow that person to make a decision to take a third step with me, make that decision to say that prayer and to tell their story. And what, is, what does he mean by that? That's step four, um, step five, to help that person to start working through the steps. So steps one and two happen in the identification. It happens in telling our stories, um, letting them read the big book, uh, and then um, getting clear about those steps one and two. And then are they ready to make a decision? If so, make the decision, move on to that fourth step. Um, so this is uh, giving us uh, these directions, um, these directions to move forward with this. And, and for me, the sponsoring is such a great joy. Um, I'm always trying to actively sponsor at least one person through the steps uh, as I'm working with uh, established sponsees or recovered sponsees. Um, it's one of the greatest joys of my life. Um, and it's just something, and, and I'm looking for someone too. I can't get on that second hour, but uh I have an opening, but um, uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, everybody. I'm glad to be here today. Thank you, Jason K. Melissa P., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Melissa P. from outside of Buffalo, recovered today. You know, uh, I'm new to sponsoring, and I just remembered hearing in the meetings and on the line, you know, don't be scared to sponsor, be scared not to sponsor. And, you know, my disease shows up as a not only compulsive overeater, but a compulsive overthinker, right, and an overdoer of things, um, wanting it to be perfect, wanting to get people recovered, you know, wanting to pass on this gift. And like other people have said, you know, we're, we're excited about this. This program saved my life. You know, I have God working inside of my body and inside of my life right now that I've never had before. Um, because I'm doing the work, you know. And one day when I was doing my morning writing, I was thinking about um, a workout class that I go to and how, you know, along with um, the spiritual side of things, I mean, physically. Melissa, um, there she is. Oh, can you hear me okay? Now we can, thank you. Okay. Um, you know, I made a an amends to my body physically, and so I, I work out, and I'm is, I'm excited about it too because it it feels amazing that I can move 
you know, 100 pounds smaller moves so much differently. And so I'm excited about that, and I invite people to join me. And people show up for one class, and then they don't want to come back. You know, it's it's too hard or it's too whatever. And I'm finding that there's a piece of that in this program, right, that I still have to take that same type of friendly attitude. I'm not going to stop working out. I'm not going to stop being excited. I, it doesn't mean that I'm better or worse at whatever my workout plan is because they didn't want to do it. You know, I'm still going to show up. And it's the same way for me moving into being a sponsor. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep shining my light. And if you're with me, I'm going to be there with you. And if you're not ready or you want someone else to work with, that's cool, too. I'm always Fine, friendly. Please. Thank you so much. Um, you know, and that's what it's about is, is being available but not having to control everything. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. And Andrea B., I'm sorry, we've come to the end of our share time. Perhaps you can uh, share in the second hour. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to our Wednesday workforce. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, March the 11th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 14237. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Leon B., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning. This is Leon B., gratefully recovered, Simpsonville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.